One way to start it. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Melanie Ambler. I'm a first year, just finished my first year of medical school at Stanford School of Medicine. And I thought I'd start off by playing a piece that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, it's called Appalachia Waltz. So if you would um, like to close your eyes and just picture whatever comes to mind, then um, I hope you enjoy. because I have a thing, but we should upload that. So that was beautiful. Can you tell everybody, Melanie, um, who's listening, what you what instrument you play? Yeah, so I play the cello. Um, I've been playing since I was eight, so for 17 years now. Um, and it's really followed me throughout my entire development and life, and I really can't imagine... Uh, um, basically existing without my instrument. Wow. Yeah. 
And you're a medical student now. <laughs> and mm -hmm. um, if you could tell us kind of how you've managed to blend these two loves that you have together. Yeah. So growing up, um, I was always super interested in science, asking so many questions about how the universe worked. And um, my interest in music kind of existed in parallel to that. Um, all throughout growing up, I would spend all day learning about science and biology and medicine. And then after school would go to my private lessons and symphony orchestra and chamber music. But those interests kind of existed separately um, until I had this wonderful opportunity in college. I attended Brown University and um, in my second year there, I stumbled across a class um, called Artists and Scientists as Partners. Mm -hmm. And that was really the first time that I was encouraged within a strict academic setting to explore how the arts and the sciences could be combined and specifically how music, art and dance um, could be implemented within the medical setting. And that class changed like the entire course of my education and my interests. Um, I had been doing research that wasn't really interesting to me. Um, it just felt like it was something that I had to check off the box because I knew that I wanted to go to medical school. And once I learned about this field of the medical humanities and researching arts interventions um, in all sorts of medical settings. I was super inspired and just decided that that's what I wanted to do. And that's kind of where this entire path began of um, using music as, I guess, a form of medicine, a form of therapy, um, and being able to share that with patients and with healthcare providers has been some of the most rewarding work that I've done so far. So what does that look like when you're working with patients and healthcare providers? Is it in um, a hospital setting? Is it in, um, is it bedside? Is it group? Um, if you could talk about that. Yeah. So in terms of my like live performance, um, it's taken many different forms over the course of the last few years. Um, I had been living in France um, right before the pandemic began and um, we were evacuated once everything happened. Mm -hmm. um, and I was really missing the community that I had formed there and just wanted to do something. Um, and so one of my professors from Brown had actually sent me an article about um, a group called Project Music Heals Us. Um, and they were doing virtual concerts on Zoom for critically ill patients in some hospitals in New York City, which was really the first city in the US that had been really severely affected by the pandemic. Um, and I remember reading this article and just thinking, I, I need to do this in some way, shape or form. Um, and so I started that summer, um, two different projects, one in France and one in the United States. Um, so the first project was called Petite Pause Musicale, and that means like short musical break. Mm -hmm. um, and I contacted a bunch of different nursing homes all throughout 
um, the region of Normandy in France, which was where I was living and um, got a lot of enthusiastic responses and started playing these large group concerts online um, for nursing home residents. And it was so sweet to see them and interact with them and hear them singing along to certain, you know, oldie French songs that I would play. <laughs> and um, it was really, really sweet to see them kind of bopping along in their chairs. Um, and they would also have the chance to interact with each other and see different nursing homes um, at once, which was definitely something that was not um, really possible during the pandemic and even before the pandemic. Um, and so that was kind of one way that I tried to um, battle the problem of isolation um, with music and just bring a little bit of light into their, their nursing homes. Um, and it also selfishly helped me continue my connection with France and continue to speak the language. Mm. Um, and in parallel with that, I started a separate um, program called Music for Us All. And that was mostly geared um, in collaboration with the Veterans Affairs Hospital in Denver, Colorado. And um, I worked with a wonderful critical care physician named Tim Amos, and I just texted him. We, we were colleagues um, from before, and I texted him and I said, Tim, can I play for your patients? And he said, yes, anything, please. <laughs> something. We're really struggling. Um, and so my first patient was a phone call. Um, there was no video. Um, he was ventilated, um, had pretty severe covid and it was incredibly moving. Um, and so I ended up playing for that same patient a few days later on Zoom and his family connected at the same time so they could share a moment together um, when they really had no visibility and no understanding for what was going on um, because this was still so early and nobody really knew what was happening. Right. Um, and that just morphed into me playing as many concerts as I could for patients. Um, I was basically just on call with Tim for the whole summer and he would text me when there was a patient that he thought would benefit and I would just sign on and play. Okay. Um, so that's kind of how it's taken form and it's, it's evolved over. I still play every Wednesday. Um, but now I'm actually in partnership with Project Music Heals Us. Um, so we're kind of in a more established phase and I get to um, participate in this wonderful nonprofit and share music every week with these patients and healthcare providers. Project Music Heals Us has actually been on the podcast before. So go look at that from last season. They do some amazing work uh, alone. Yeah. How do you, so you're, you're a medical student. How do you see your practice looking when you're finished with school? Like I, I, in my head, I want to walk into your office and you have an instrument and that's like how you're telling me, okay, you know, like how all the news that you're <laughs> going to tell me, or you're using something else to take my blood pressure instead of the usual stuff. But how do you see that? Um, how do you see the combination of the two working for you? 
That's a great question. Um, it's one of the existential <laughs> questions of my future. <laughs> in a dream world, what does it look like? In a dream world, um, I mean, I think it would be really incredible to be able to play for my patients um, if that's a possibility. But I think also approaching medicine through a creative lens and through treating patients as human beings and as people that have lived experience and memories associated with whatever they're coming in with is something that I have learned through playing music for people and specifically for patients. Like the amount of stories that I hear because I've shared something of my own with them creates for such a deeper connection. Um, and I think as a physician in whatever field that I end up choosing, I will want to incorporate that amount of like storytelling or just more interest in the background um, that I've gotten from playing music. So that's one answer. Another answer would be, it would be amazing to also, you know, practice and have some sort of nonprofit myself or, um, program that would integrate music within the medical field in some way yeah. um or just... my dream could be to like be um a professor or director of a medical humanities department in a medical school to encourage medical students to keep pursuing their passions for art in tandem with their studies in medicine are you seeing a shift at all, like in your classes or in your courses or in in the medical field at all, like a shift in integrating the arts more into healthcare, or is that still sort of very segmented and not popular yet? So over the past few years, it's it's become increasingly more integrated. And I think it's a really amazing time to be involved in the field and just be beginning in the fields um, because it is being taken more seriously, both from an academic perspective and from a clinical and research perspective. Um, a lot of medical schools in the United States have medical humanities departments now. Um, so the medical humanities in general is any sort of humanity subject. So creative writing, theater, dance, art, music um, that can be used or history, philosophy, um, that can be used to better understand the field of medicine. Um, so it's very broad, but there are many, many medical schools that are now kind of adopting that as a field um, and as an area of focus for their students. So for example, at Stanford, there's the Medicine and the Muse Department, um, which is their medical humanities. And um, we have elective classes. I took a class on anatomical illustration where I would go in and learn anatomy by drawing mm -hmm. um, and learning those art skills. Um, and we have other classes in creative writing. Um, and so there are a lot of different opportunities, I think, at least here, which is also why I chose to <laughs> go here. Um, but there is more availability of resources for uh, medical humanities, I think, now than there had been, let's say, 10 years ago. So that's encouraging. There's yeah. definitely a lot more 
that could be offered, but. <laughs> I want to throw this out before we continue too, because I know we have some people watching. Melanie is going to be kind of taking us through a simulation of what it would be like to have a session with her. So if you have any song requests for her, throw them in the comments and we can kind right. of play this. We're, you don't have to sing all of them or play all of them, but it'll be a good uh, way to kind of go through how she interacts with people to get down to play a song. So if you are listening and you have a song you'd like to hear from her, throw those in the comments and we'll hopefully hear one of them. <laughs> yes. Happy to do my best. I'm making no promises, but. <laughs> so on that note, like what happens, I do want to go through kind of beginning to end and use us as people, uh, as real people. Yeah. Um, but what happens when you go in, do you kind of take us through what a session would be like? And I'm always curious how other people um, react when a song is requested and you don't know it, like how you navigate that experience for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I can kind of start from the beginning. Um, everything happens on Zoom. So I log into Zoom and usually Tim or Elizabeth's smiling faces fill the screen. Um, they're kind of the two, Elizabeth is a palliative care psychologist and Tim is the critical care physician. And they usually give me kind of a brief description of who the first patient is going to be. So they'll say, this is Mr. Blank. Um, he just had a procedure. Um, he's been here for a week and said he really would love to listen to music or something along those lines. Um, and then they wheel me on the iPad through the hallway <laughs> to the patient's room. Um, usually the camera's off during that time because the confidentiality purposes. Um, but then once they get into the room, uh, if the patient is comfortable with it, we'll turn the camera on. Um, sometimes patients are awake, other times they're asleep, other times they're sedated and intubated. Um, it really depends on the day and who is in the ICU. Um, and then I just introduce myself. I kind of say, hi, I'm Melanie. I'm a cellist and a medical student. I'm calling in from California. Um, and I'm here to play some music for you today. And um, I usually start by asking, is there any particular mood or type of music that you enjoy? Um, or that you would prefer to listen to today? Like, do you want happy? Do you want sad? Do you want calming? A little bit more energetic. Um, sometimes it's surprising what patients say. Sometimes if patients are really, you know, tired, they'll actually want something energetic instead of calming, where I, I would have thought that maybe I should just play something soothing. Um, but I would say the majority of the patients just say, play me whatever you love. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I've gotten specific requests for songs um, that I don't know how to play. <laughs> should, we, should we try that now? Because we do have a request. We do. Oh. <laughs> so, our, our friend Mary Jane. Sun up! <laughs> would do you know Sun Up? I do know Sun Up. Um, so Mary Jane is my first ever music teacher. She wow. taught me. Oh cello um, cheating cheating Mary <laughs> this is we'll a allow quiz. it we'll allow yeah, it this is maybe a quiz to see but how i was actually going to play i was going to play it regardless so um i'm happy to play sun up 
Um, so this is a piece that's written for six cellos originally. Um, but I've taken all of my favorite parts and kind of melded it um, into one. Um, so this is Sun Up and I hope you enjoy it.
More clapping, more clapping. I think your fan club is here today. Um, yes. Because they're commenting. Oh, wait, I can't see the comments. It's Dawn says she's so very proud of you, Mel. Dawn Andrews. Aww. And um, we have, let's see, so beautiful. Great to hear you play and explain. We have another so beautiful. Bravo. Mm -hmm. We can just do this for an hour and just all of your accolades coming through. We had another request because I do want to see how, do you know this song? Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do, but I don't remember it. (laughs) I don't remember how it goes. So then how would you then go about like, okay, so let's say you know what you don't remember. How would you talk to that person to get to a song um, that they enjoy? So, so I know Paranoid Android is by Radiohead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would kind of talk to the patient about, you know, what, whether that's kind of the genre that they enjoy or attempt to think or improvise um, about whether there's some kind of piece that I know off the top of my head that's um, like in that genre. And sometimes I don't have one. (laughs) And I just kind of say, I'm sorry, I don't have one. Um, Or I'll list off other well-known songs I know, like House of the Rising Sun or... um, what are other songs that are kind of like, like, I know um, some random, like, Old Town Road and those sorts of things. Um, <laughs> remember, this that? is like, it was a joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think, you know, I generally try to understand more so the genre of what people are going for, the mood. Um, When I ask for specific songs, it's often, I'm setting myself up for failure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a little bit harder on cello to just like find music as well. Um, If you play piano or something like that, sometimes it's easy to just Google quickly. Um, But yeah, I guess that's what I would say. There are some other, you know, I know a lot of like Beatles, Hallelujah, those sorts of songs that are very well known and that um, people people often respond to if if they're familiar with them. Um, What's a song that people would be surprised you can play on the cello? Ooh. Um, That was a good question. (laughs) Because you think, you know, the cello, that it would be classical, Classical. and then you're throwing out all of these these names of bands and artists, and I'm like, oh, of course, why couldn't, I suppose, sure, why wouldn't you be able to do that? Yeah. Um, I guess this is just a funny one. I don't remember if I fully know how to play it now, but um, for my medical school class, we were doing, like, a parody music video and they wanted a cello cover of industry baby i want to see this video <laughs> by, by a little sex um uh-huh. so it was like 
That's crazy. Not expected, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you have someone come in with the Jack Harlow part and do the rap part. Too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, if you're watching this live, it's August 16th, which is the world knows is Madonna's birthday. Yes. Or maybe I just know that. I'm not sure. Um, do you know any Madonna songs? Um, that would be my request if I was... I, I know. You asked me for that request, and then I <laughs> forgot to learn one. <laughs> All right. Interview over. Close it down. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay. I so... promise I will send you a personalized recording of oh, a thank you. Madonna song. But so if you don't know a Madonna song, then what could we... How would you do that with me to get to a song that I love? So tell me about some of your um, interests or mood or what is your general um, love in music? Mm, I would like fun. I like fun music that okay. as I'm sitting, I can like dance to, but in my chair. Chair dancing. Okay. Yeah. Um. You know how some people like listen to like music while they're trying to work because it makes them concentrate more yeah i'm the opposite of that where i need like loud i need to sing along to it while i'm working that motivates me something upbeat yes okay okay um i would say something upbeat fun okay i have one it's not you won't know it okay but i think it will be upbeat and fun and dancey and a little bit of like rhythm. And will people know it? Like, do you want to play it and see if people can guess it? I don't think people will know it oh. unless you know me. Okay. Well. <laughs> well, we have your fan club here. Right. So. Yes. There might, I mean, I think your mother's on here, so <laughs> she might know. This is true. Someone <laughs> has recorded this on YouTube and actually beatboxed to it. Hmm. So that's kind of the energy that we're going for. Does that sound All right? Like this sounds great. I'm okay. excited. Okay. Thank you. 
your audio yes we did oh no melanie we lost your audio melanie is still saying she's this is fun to watch her this is one of my favorite things to melanie we've lost your audio um my one of my favorite things about watching musicians is watching actually them. oh gosh oh there you're back wait it was just at the very end we missed, <laughs> just maybe the last 15 seconds Hold on one second. Can you hear us? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can't hear you though. Oh, well, this is <laughs> this a is going to be interesting. <laughs> this, is, this is the best way to end it. Um, then because she can't hear us anymore. Uh, but I think it's so interesting to watch musicians actually play and feel the I music, like their their faces and their um, expressions it's like with their whole body yes it's mm -hmm. so interesting oops 
Um, well, Melanie can no longer I hear us. I guess I... <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to end and thank her. She'll watch this later and we'll thank her. Uh, and you can look at the show notes for information on how to connect with Melanie. Thanks, Melanie, when you hear this. Thank you. Thank you, Melanie. We will see you all next time. Keep creating, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Arts for the Health of It, a podcast produced by Hearts Need Art, creative support for patients and caregivers in partnership with the National Organization for Arts and Health. You can help others learn about the healing power of the arts by subscribing, sharing, and reviewing the podcast wherever you listen or watch. The podcast is hosted by Richard Wilmore, co-hosted by Constanza Rader. Our theme song, Songbird, is written and performed by Natalie Lane. Visit heartsneedart.org to learn how you can support our mission to create joy with people facing life-altering health challenges. Join us next week to learn more ways you can create arts for the health of it. The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Heartstein Art, their staff, board members, or other affiliates. All content is created for informational purposes only. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice or to diagnose and treat any health condition. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard.